You want to hear something that you won't care about? Always. I got a new Glass Animals poster. You're right. I didn't care about that at all. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Bad Bandmates. Um, This is Nate, and that's Josh. And what we're doing is... uh, Last week, if you listened, we gave each other kind of our false top threes, and then, right. <laughs> but it's only so that we could do an album swap. Yep. Um, but it's kind of, it's kind of so we could call attention to some albums that neither one of us uh, had given the other, and it also gives us a chance to just experience again some new music for the last time in 2020. What it really boils uh, down to is it's we're reaching for content. Yes, that's what they call in the business reaching for content. Right. Yes. What we did was uh, the top, the third album of each of ours was what we swapped with each other. So I gave Josh a band by the name of Idols, which we talked about before. Mm-hmm. They released an album in 2020 called Ultra Mono. And Josh gave me, what did you give me, Josh? I gave you the album called Honeymoon by the band Beach Bunny. That's right. That's correct. Uh, who do you want to start with first? Do you want to get Ultramano out of the way for your own sake? <laughs> or Because I assume that you did not like this. I didn't um, like it, but I was positive with my notes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, then, since you, since you spoke up, uh, let's, let's start with it. Let's start with Ultramano, album by Idols. All right. So, Idols, Ultramano. Couple things. One, album cover. Uh, giant gumball hitting a man in the face. <laughs> That's what yeah. the album cover is, or is yep. it a balloon? I don't know what it is. Don't get it. It is some pink shaped circle sphere. Yeah, looks like a gumball hitting someone in the face, hitting a man in the face. Uh, and I don't understand it. But this album is relatively similar to the first album. I would classify it genre wise. And I don't think this is right, so please correct me. But it's pretty much a punk rock album with a little bit of that kind of 80s. What's that band that I talked about a whole bunch in one of the other episodes? The Ace of Spades. That band. Motorhead. Yeah. I got a punk rock vibe with a little bit of that kind of 80s motorheadish metal sounding, but only in the mixing of it. Now, tell me where this album's actually classified. Um, no, I think you got, uh, you know, some of that I think is right on, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, first of all, let's, let's talk about the album artwork. Um, something that they actually, now I read this in like an interview or whatever, or something, so I'll take it with a grain of salt, but the the painting or the concept behind the the album artwork um is the band's ideal of unconditional love and acceptance for all including critics political opposition or for other bands who may have positioned themselves as quote rivals or adversarial so that's what the cover that, is that is how they explain the cover yes 
Um, okay, because it looks think... like a gumball hitting a man in the face. <laughs> well, and the gum. Oh, I get it. The gumball is a metaphor. Okay, it's a metaphor. Yes, you get it. It's like you're you're gonna get you're gonna get unconditional love no matter who you are. Got you're it. getting hit in the face with with love and acceptance for who you are. Got it. Um, even though they're gonna call you out for. <laughs> <laughs> for who you are, if they, mm-hmm. and uh, if the if it doesn't necessarily match up with the ideals, or um, basically if you're kind of a line up with bigotry, or um, if you're out for yourself, kind of thing. Any kind of which we'll come across in the lyrics. Oh yeah, it, you know, like when I talked about RTJ four, and uh, this is I'm gonna get there. Just let me. <laughs> <laughs> but I said like the beats are dusty and like yeah. crusty, and they have those samples sounds from like the yesteryear of hip hop, but with like that modern flair and twist. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they're like this punk rock for maybe uh, a newer generation. They still kind of have these anthems and this like yelly, screamy, in-your-face vocals and percussion and guitars that are squealing. And bass that's just got this fat tone, uh, but with like a modern twist to it. You know, I mean, you think of any like political punk band, uh, and you think of those songs that are just like two minutes long and they get their message across, and that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. I think that Idols kind of, you know, relates to that with just a little bit of a difference. Um, like I said, very interface vocals and guitars and bass and drums and it's fast, it's furious, and they have a message and they're gonna scream it at you. That's kind of that's idols. <laughs> so should we go into the album? Let's hit it. What do we got? Track number Track one. Track one, war. Loud, fast, uh punk rock song. The basis of it. They have Pretty nice sounding instrumentation. Everything's mixed cool. Drum mixes are spectacular on this. I think the kick drum was very tight, very nice. I like the guitar tones through the whole song. Uh, he really is just yelling at you in a lot of this song. It's going, ah! Ah! And, uh, yeah. and there's, a, there's the parts where he goes... That's the sound of the gun going. And then bang, bang. You know what I mean? The, that whole yeah. speak and spell part. Yes. Not a fan. The onomatopoeia. Not a fan of that. Oh, not my favorite. That's so cool. <laughs> it's, not, it's not my favorite. Uh, I but I think that this isn't, correct me if I'm wrong, but much to what a lot of this album is, I think that this song can just be summed up into an anti-war song. It's yep. like forcing people into war. And they are against that. Yeah, it's a. <laughs> I've heard it. Even this is not my original idea, so I'll I'll own up to that. But I've heard someone describe it as waging war against war. <laughs> is this kind of song? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like because it, it's just like that in your face, and it's just like that, like you said, just yelling and really aggressive. Um. First of all, like this has that, you know, it kind of starts off with that bass tone that mm-hmm. like, or that bass, I should say, that's kind of like descending 
sort of. It's just like, you know, you know, and then, you know, you get the drums that are kicking in and then Joe, the, the singer is like, you know, yelling these onomatopoeias about like gun sounds or like what have you, war sounds, you know, mm. talks and, about knife sounds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that it's, I'll let you like finish up, but I think they did some extremely cool things instrumental wise with this. They did. I don't want to step in your toes. Nope. They, they did. And that little bass part that you're talking about in the beginning, they follow along with some guitar throughout the song too. That little, as it's walking down really aggressively and fast. And I think that was cool. It kind of sounded like, almost like a plane like kind of coming crashing out of the sky mm-hmm. or like dr- dropping being yeah. shot out of the sky and or something my last note coincides with that because this song is actually with what you were saying too about what you read somebody say on the internet is this is a very this is very much a in the trenches sort of song and then all yeah. the noises are seemingly happening over the people within the trenches yeah. such as the planes going by and falling out of the sky and all that shit so it makes sense Just, very cool production on like just the it's a it's a great way to i think start the album because i think number one it gets you into like okay this is who idols is you know this is who they are and this is what i'm gonna be expecting for this whole like you know 40 minutes or however long the album Mm -hmm. is and like i said just every time i come back to this song and it's the start of the album I'm just like so floored by what they did with their instrumentation and how like, and again, it's probably just a bunch of post-production stuff, but even if it, even if it is, um, I think they just did a really good job of encapsulating all those sounds of like war, but then making them be their instruments and like they built off of that really well. So Mm -hmm. I like this song a lot. (laughs) Uh, You'll hear this a lot through the album. I just don't like this guy's voice. It just, it's so lumpy. Is how I would describe (laughs) it. It, It's very lumpy. It sounds like he has a lot of things stuck in his throat at any given moment. It just, it rubs me the wrong way. But I'm going to try not to be negative. That that's okay. I it, you can be negative. It's fine. They they did a tiny desk concert and like his face is just like beat red. fucking red. Oh my god! I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine. He probably looks like a cherry tomato. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's exactly that's what he looked like, and he's just you know that. I mean, I don't know if you've seen Wolf of Wall Street, but you've seen like that meme where mm-hmm. like uh, everybody's like pounding their chest sort of thing. Yeah. I mean that's like what he's doing like the whole time is just like pounding his chest and like you know yelling and it's uh it's intense it's almost like he doesn't really know how to push his voice out and like he has to constantly strain and that can't be good for his vocal cords but what the fuck do right. i know <laughs> hey anyway anything, you never know. anything else on war no it's a great so, track for me so track two grounds i've heard the song before on the current a lot uh okay. it has a super cool groove to it i love the little i don't know if it's a, what kind of synth that is or anything but they have a really cool synth with a really driving bass and guitar over and it's kind of starty and stoppy yeah you can you really get the the uk punk rock sound out of this one especially vocally he, his accent is really thick on it and i think it's adorable 
maybe adorable yep. is not the right word. It sounds really pleasing. Right. I dig that song. I a don't lot. know. Um, so to touch on like the electronic bits a little bit, I don't know how much of a hand was in the entire project. As much as I've listened to this album, I I haven't researched into this little bit of information, but Kenny Beats had a hand in producing this album. Really? I don't know if you knew that. I yep. did not know that. Yeah, Kenny that, Beats. That actually doesn't uh, make sense to me. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, when I first saw the news, I was like, what? It's like, like, how? It's like Josh Homme on that Kendrick album. How? What were you doing there? Was it... Was it no, it was RTJ. Or is, Josh Homme. Oh, it was RTJ. RTJ. Okay. My yeah. bad. My bad. No, it's all good. I it, it's um I had I have a feeling that those big booming bass sounds and like those huge kick drums that you're talking about and like stuff like that. I have a feeling that that's probably the production of Kenny Beats. I was going to you know say I mean? this is one of the more sampled songs on the album far yeah. away. So that would that yeah. would make sense if he had a hand in this one, being that he's I on just the wrote big ass drums, because huge huge drums. <laughs> it's just on this track, they're just yeah, really yeah, big drums. Just, but all in all, this is a this is a good song. I like this one a lot. Yeah, all about just unity and yeah. just. He has a line in it too, uh, something about school curriculum. Uh, I want to go back and find it, but I'm not doing very well with that. Uh, so he uh, so there's a couple lines in it one of one of the ones i noticed is saying my race in class ain't suitable so i raise my pink fist and say black is beautiful and then there's another line in the song where he's saying uh, just one line is not taught by our teachers on our curriculum so i'm guessing this is a sort of a um civil rights song in a sense I would say, yeah, yeah, and I, I think it's, I think it's more about like action rather yes. than just words. Yes, you know. Yes, and that, that's what I get out of it, anyways. Oh, and a lot of the this project lyrically, um, is very just the message is you get it. There's maybe only one or two tracks on this album where I was kind of like, eh, I'm not really sure where you're coming from on that, but um, yeah, this song is. I mean, he yells like "unify, unify, unify!" Mm-hmm. Like you know, in your face, like over and over, and um, yeah, it's just about togetherness and standing up for what's right. I think, even in the face of opposition and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, I like that song. I like that one a lot, and that is <laughs> the song on the album that I like. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That's pretty good, though. That's pretty good. Next I'll song. Take it. Next song, Mr. Motivator. Is this song uh, satire in some way? I'll explain to you what I mean by that. So, read you some of the lyrics. Like Conor McGregor with a samurai sword on rollerblades. Like Vasil Lamachenko after four pints of Gatorade. Like Kathleen Hanna with bear claws grabbing Trump by the pussy. So, and then later on he goes into saying, let's see, where is it? He says, how do you like them cliches? And I don't, those aren't cliches. Those are just made up scenarios. (laughs) You know what I mean? Those aren't, those are not like by definition, those aren't cliches. Right. (laughs) 
Conor McGregor with a samurai sword is not a cliche. That's a scenario. <laughs> it's it's yeah. Um, which is I'm wondering if if I maybe I'm missing something. It's over my head, and maybe he's being like silly when he's saying cliches. But if he's being serious, I don't think he knows what that word means. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't. You know, wow, you're like making me like. Because I've always like I tried hard on this one, so I wasn't just writing shitty notes. No, no, no. I, I'm I'm here for it. I it it almost is like I always thought of them as maybe they're not oxymorons, but they're not, but they're also not like situations that would come up regularly. So I I don't I think that it is about like well, these aren't cliches, so how do you like those cliches, you know, sort of thing. And it's like, I, I, ultimately, I think the whole thing about this song is about, stand, and maybe I'm completely wrong, but standing up against, like, the oppressors or the, the people in in power in this modern age, like, like, and being able to, like, no matter who you are, take on like stand up and and take on the people who are in authority against you or opposing you uh mainly because at the end he he yells like some famous like boxer's name uh he's like cal fucking zang zang i can't pronounce the guy's name (laughs) but um it's like a supposed I think it's like some sort of like undefeated like sort of boxing champion or something like that yeah. in, out of maybe Britain. Um uh don't quote me on that, but I think that's somewhere in the right vein. Um I think it's just like no matter who you are, no matter what you're facing, you can you can do this, you can take on the the, the yeah. people oppressing and you. And that's what the uh the the chorus on the song is dope. By the way, I like the chorus. Oh, yeah. yeah, I really like the chorus on it. It it kind of <laughs> that's another weird reference that I thought of. Have you ever seen the movie Get Him to the Greek? Like once, maybe. Okay, so and it was just in the background. So in that movie, the character in the movie Aldous Snow yes. has a band called Infant Sorrow, and it's this kind of punk band from the UK. Right. And the chorus in this song sounds and they actually made an album from it. By the way, they have like music out from that movie where uh, Russell Brand is singing on the songs and they're they're goofy things, but they're they're actually kind of good. And the the chorus in the song reminds me of something that would have been on that album. That's neither here nor there. I really enjoyed it. And it kind of had that again, that UK punk sound. But I liked the chorus. So that's one and a half songs that I like so far. I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right next next up anxiety i i have one note for this song <laughs> i didn't get a lot lyrically but they actually did a good job making the song sound like what anxiety feels like yes that's all i have written I, down for it as well and if you guys know me at all listening to this i didn't like it <laughs> <laughs> right i can't even explain it to you what it sounds like it's just it's very tension driving and it just made me feel like i was on a like getting to the top of a roller coaster knowing that i'm gonna drop the whole time and my gut just got heavier and heavier the whole time yeah 
Yeah. And then musically, it just kind of keeps building and building and building. And then the drums and everything just ends up just bashing loud. And it kind of slightly starts speeding up. And I don't know if it it only speeds up at one point and then sticks to that that new tempo. But it just like it speeds up and it speeds up and it just kind of drops off abruptly, you Mm -hmm. know, and it's like. Yeah, it's a perfect representation, I think, of, like, giving that sort of an anxious feeling. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think you, you caught that. Obviously, it's about anxiety. It's so. really hard not to catch that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, killing Them With Kindness, I have written down. Guitar solo was super annoying. <laughs> oh, that's I have, it. I have, no, I have more than that. I was going to pretend like that was it. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> guitar solo was super annoying. I didn't like the guitar tone, I think, for the solo. There wasn't a whole lot of clarity in the notes, so it just sounded like distorted, high piercing noise to me. I'm not a big fan of noise. Uh the song itself, I don't really get I, I mean I, I get what it is lyrically, because it says it in the title, kill them with kindness. Yeah, uh, I didn't get a lot of like any metaphors or anything like that. It just is pretty seemed pretty straightforward. Like be nice, you know. Yeah, and it's 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 almost like it's also expanding on that idea of like you don't have to just sit and take take it. Yeah, it was like a you. It was a band you, together and. <laughs> yeah, it's like you don't because he even says like you don't have to, you're you know we're not doormats or like you don't mm-hmm. have to be a doormat or something to that effect. Uh, and it's like, it kind of expands on the idea of kill him with kindness where it's like, oh, like you just kind of smile and take it like whatever shit people throw at you, basically just any customer service job. Um, <laughs> and it's like, well, yeah, kill him with kindness, but also like stand up for your shit. Like you don't have to just sit there and get beat and on. Like, yeah. It, like it's. I, I don't know. I think it's it's building off of that idea of killing with kindness. Yeah. It's of of just like, yeah, you don't have to sit there and take it. You can't. You don't have to be a doormat. It's just it is what it. it you know, be nice and be kind, but also realize that you're you're kind of worth something, and you don't have to just take it. Uh, musically on this song, I think that they they had some builds and then again some guitar solos that I think were supposed to separate the song. Uh, into, I guess, different portions, but it still felt incredibly sure. repetitive to me. The bass and the drums didn't switch much except for a few builds. I thought it was pretty boring. Yeah. Um, I think this album had a lot of... There was definitely a lot of like repetitive passages throughout tracks and stuff like that. Um, this one in particular, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Um, I do like it a little bit more than maybe you had said that you, you did because you don't <laughs> but um i i kind of like this like weird detuned almost sounding bass and guitar riff that sync up with the drums uh it's just i don't know i i i think it's just an interesting idea and i'm not saying that you can't handle like these sorts of things but i like some of the more experimental noisy weird shit that you can throw in songs and i think this is kind of a good example of that so uh it is getting a it it gets a little it like 
this album for someone who doesn't necessarily listen to this type of music or this frenetic of music all that often i definitely understand how it's like just jarring and you're just like okay like give me some sort of rest (laughs) you know um so the next track model village gives me that same vibe a little bit repetitive but i really like the song actually musically i thought it was really well written and it was it was a little more in a major key maybe a little more positive sounding which was nice and (laughs) i feel like he wrote this song about where we're from like where we grew up with the when when he's talking about the villages in it the model village and it's just a bunch of small-minded racist homophobic very straight edge privileged people and it kind of hit home because where we're from sorry to anyone listening from there but that is a lot of the the clientele will say it yep. is very sheltered Absolutely. and it it kind of felt like he was writing about my hometown so well-written song yeah i i agree i lyrically and, and everything I, I like this just as a call out to like those people wanting sort of that perfect society mm-hmm. and that, that that they're in this like model village it's, and it's, it's them thinking that they're perfect and in a perfect society when really they're they suck <laughs> yeah what they're, I they're got racist they're bigots yeah. they're homophobic they're you know you you name it any any sort of ism you know they're they're they fit the bill and uh and so i i yeah this song like I said, again, this this album is like, again that that picture of them giving unconditional love to all all people and stuff like that. But at the same time, they're gonna hit you in the face with it, <laughs> so they're gonna call you out. And the 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 album cover, I think, just is like, yeah, it's it's a perfect depiction of that. So that's all I got as well for Model Village. So that's good. So next song, first of all, I wanna I want you to go first so I can hear how you pronounce it. <laughs> Uh, I, they they even say it in the song, and I think they say "mais touché pas moi." Yeah, "mais touché pas moi." Yeah. Actually, I'm gonna come back to the to the title. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say first, uh, I hate his voice on this song. It's that same lumpy yelling thing, and it's starting at this point in the album. It's getting really old for me. So I right. just am not a fan of it. And also yep. musically, this song, it's good. It's well-written, very well-recorded. Uh, everything sounds really well. Mix is great. But I'm just getting a little worn out on kind of the same, same similar driving guitar and driving drums that I've been hearing throughout the album. Getting a little stale for me. But I think that the title, correct me if I'm wrong, but I listened to the lyrics. And I didn't Google this either. So I'm probably wrong, but I think that it loosely translates to something on the, along the lines of stop touching me or don't touch me, maybe something like yep. that. It's a, Yeah, it's a song all about consent. This album is they're hitting absolutely everything throughout yeah. it. And that's uh, got to be hard to write this many songs on so many different fucking subjects. Good God. <laughs> yeah, which which is. I, I, a criticism, actually, weirdly enough, yeah. If you read up on the on the album, they got they got flack for like speaking from a female perspective because he says kind of like I, you know, in the song and stuff like that. 
you know, this is my dance floor or whatever, like stuff like that. And But he's speaking from a female perspective. Look at any singer-songwriter in the last 50, 60 years. Like there have been songs where they speak from other people's perspectives. Like, you know, like even Kendrick is yeah. like playing I was just I was just thinking that in, he does. He never speaks from his perspective. Yeah. Like he like he literally has a song. The, the song These Walls is literally about like breaking down like not only like physical like mental barriers but also about like sexual barriers and stuff like that too and uh, whatever it's anyways let's get back on all right so we'll we'll move on so that was that song it was a consent song i thought it was really pretty and it was very well written yeah uh i still don't like it <laughs> the next song <laughs> carcinogenic Carson. Yeah. Let me say that again. Car- carcinogenic. carcinogenic. I always say that all fucked up. I want to put inflection on a different word. So carcinogenic. I still did it. <laughs> I can't say that word. The C. No, I, I was going to say the C song. Because I, I want to say carcinogenic. <laughs> carcinogenic. Carcinogenic. What the fuck Carcinogenic. Ever? Carcinogenic. <laughs> Fuck it. What the C song? An English lesson. The C song. Uh, the song is, in a nutshell, telling you life is short. Do what you want to. Basically, am I correct on that? Yeah, kind of. That's what I the, got the, out of it. I, and if we're being, if I'm being candid at this point in the album, these faster, drivier songs are just wearing on my brain. And yeah. it was, it was hard for me to focus the two times that I listened to it. Uh, I get that. But if you're into this style of music, this sounds a lot like the rest of the album so far. (laughs) Yeah. But that's what I took from the song lyrically is life is short. Do whatever you want to. (laughs) Don't let people tell you what to do and what not to do. I think it's just, yeah, kind of like living. You should be living your life to the fullest. Uh, It's not it's not necessarily like you do what you want to do, but you know, you should be living your life to the fullest and it, it's hard on certain people. And they kind of touch on like the, the working class people working nine to fives, you know, like not really making enough wage and stuff like that. So, but anyways, uh, it, this song is kind of like, I don't know necessarily what they were going for with it because it's like, then they touch on like people in like huge high rises. And then they touch on people basically doing, drugs in the streets and like it's it's so kind of strange the the narrative that they're painting in this song so I, eh, this one's a little bit maybe i'm missing something but it is a little bit weird for me but mm. anyways yeah it's it's another one of those just it's yelly it's in your face it's <laughs> they're yelling carcinogenic <laughs> yeah yeah and then uh rains is pretty much the same deal <laughs> Although I think that this song is written, and I just don't know if I'm right on any of these lyrical pullouts that I got. Tell me. But I think that this song, or what I got from it, is he's writing from the perspective of the more poor working class being controlled by the bigger people within our society. And then Nailed it. Is it's the chorus where he's going, Pomerades! Right? Yeah. <laughs> I liked, it. I liked the chorus. It was cool sounding. It's the first time that he did any kind of yelling or whatever, grunting or whatever the fuck he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> did it like super bug me? 
but it was sure. it was an okay song. Again, it, lyrically, a lot of these songs are really good and really, really. I said Willie. <laughs> They're really Willy good Willy. and uh, really well written. But I just am not a fan of his voice. But I did like his yelling part on this one. So you know that's something. Fair enough. Well, on the note of liking some of it, The Lover is the next track. About a minute 45, there's this little... You know what part I'm talking about? There's like a little breakdown, and then he's going over the top going... Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. I don't know why he's doing that. But if he would shut up on that part, that part of the song is super cool. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was really, really cool. And then there's this there's this part after that... I. Do, I there's this part after that where there's some guitar, like some winding, weird sounding electronic guitar. And then it goes throughout this like 10 seconds and then it comes back in in the background and just goes at one point and it never comes back for the rest of the song. I don't understand. I think that I feel like that was a mistake that they left that in maybe, but maybe. this song was fine. I don't know. I, I have no, no idea what it's about. I got nothing from the uh, song lyrically. I, just kind of another like unifying song. I, I think it's like, it's like that. Cl- Again, this is kind of like one of those expansive moments of the Kiln of Kindness where it's like, I'm not a fighter, I'm a lover, but also at the same time, I'm a fighter, <laughs> which is like a weird way to say that because it's like, it's like, I'm, you know, I'm going to love you, but then at the same time, I'm going to stand up for, with you, for you be so that's i don't know that's kind of what i got about it uh, with it you know okay see i was i listened to the title and then i was trying to figure out are you the lover is someone else the lover who's the lover and i couldn't figure it out i think that's maybe what you're trying to maybe they're trying to get you to think about too uh, i didn't get there <laughs> <laughs> anything else on that song no no okay so next song a hymn uh with the exception of grounds because i liked grounds a lot this was okay. far and away the most bearable song on the album. Also, it's not really driving in your face, which isn't my style. If you give me a whole album that sounds similar to this or along these lines, I would think is fantastic. It's kind of it's kind of brand newish. It's kind of it has sure. like hints of maybe a little bit of like Radiohead-ish. Sure. Uh, it 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 hits on all kinds of weird genres, but it was super super pretty. Again, I don't I have no idea what it was about lyrically again. Didn't take anything away from this song, but it was really pleasant to listen to. And it was a this, much different tone all around as a total, like the drums, the bass, guitar, everything was different. And it was, it was cool. I'm almost wondering if this song were like maybe in the middle of the album or maybe two thirds way through the album, if this would have been a nice break for somebody like you listening to it to like kind of catch your breath yeah, and then like go back. You know what I mean? I don't, and I don't, I don't, I don't know if you still would have thought highly of it if that was the case, but it is kind of weird that like this is like the most like slow downtrodden like silent. Uh, uh, I don't want to say silent, but like, um, what am I trying to say? Like, not in your face. Mm. <laughs> it's 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 the most like laid laid back track of the bunch. And I'm wondering if this was placed differently, like a little bit back in the track list, if it would have maybe gave everyone a breath for the album to, to kind of like finish out the way that it did. Um, 
on that uh, lyrically i have no idea okay. I, I this is actually one of the songs where i'm like it's almost like everybody goes through shit and we're all in the shit together so like whatever it's it, not whatever but I, I should say like we're all just people and we're going through stuff and i think that that's all that i can get from it but i don't know if that's ab absolutely correct i don't i don't even know if i'm even close but that's kind of what i get from it and um again i feel like maybe if this was pushed back just a little bit and it gave you that nice breather in the middle of the album that'll be nice you know sure that would have made it a little more pleasant yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh but anyways final song on the album i don't know i was saying dank is that how you say it it's probably danka like yeah. like uh like german like like danka shane honestly at this point this is kind of similar to the rest of the album uh, his yelling in the song when he's doing the screaming parts not singing again didn't bug me there's this certain part where they make some or they I, they have rather some like squealing guitar noise on the yeah. downbeats. I yeah. I know that you probably loved it. I know that <laughs> I absolutely despised it. It just yep because I wrote a note me. about it. <laughs> it just bugged the shit out of me. Uh, it's another really in your face driving song. It makes sense to have this as the album ender. I didn't get a whole lot out of it lyrically, and at this point, I was I, I don't I don't hate it, but I was a little worn out. And I could do with it being done at this point. Yes, the weird weeps and whoops. Yeah, the the guitar sounds. I love those. It's almost sounds. It almost sounds like a siren or something like that. Um, this song lyrically, I think, is just kind of like a lean against me sort of like whether I'm your friend or lover or someone to trust in. Like you can, you know, I'm here sort of thing. Uh, I think that it, it tried to be a little artsy with the cutoff at the end. It's like almost in the middle of what you would expect. There's no resolve and it just kind of stops and like, that's fine and dandy. I like it a lot, but I can see where like, if you were listening to it, you're probably just like, why did they even do that? Like, <laughs> you know, hundred percent. yeah. And I get that. Um, so I, I, that's that's it this that's this album um i really like it and and i gotta be honest like when i talked in the uh 2020 review i kind of said like i I don't know how well this is gonna i I said something to the effect of i don't know how how well this album is gonna age but like then i was thinking back and i was like because because a lot of the stuff they're dealing with is like literally stuff that's come up through this year Mm -hmm. and stuff that's come through the public eye, I guess through this year. Um, what I really meant was like, I I didn't, I didn't really mean that. I guess I meant like, I don't know if this is going to be heralded as like some like political punk anthem, like maybe they wanted it to be. Um, Although for me, maybe it will be, you know, because I think that they touch on, like you said, every they're hitting like every point that needs to be tackled. And they're like, why is this happening? Let's stop this, you know, and 
I think that that's great. And I, I love this album for that. And, you know, I said that maybe it won't, it, it's not my true top three. And yeah, I mean, Powderhorn Sweets, I would have put it at top three, but <laughs> I think this would have been close top four or top five. I mean, it, it really is that like, I think it's just loud in your face. It's special. It's good. And it hits on some heavy hitting topics. So that for me, I, I like it. And this is the kind of stuff I enjoy. So if you're in my chaotic zone like me <laughs> and you're just like yelly shit you'll like this for, album. F- for 40 minutes, you'll you'll dig this. All right. That's Ultramano. Not my favorite. I will return to grounds. Rest of the album. Probably not. I'll take it. So next album, Honeymoon by Beach Bunny. Uh, doesn't sound anything like that last album, and I don't think Nate's going <laughs> to like it. So let's do this. <laughs> Dude, I got a little statement. Oh, God, it's never good when you have an opening statement. That's not true. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Statistically. <laughs> Honeymoon. Beach Bunny. This is something I would have listened to in 2012, mm-hmm. thinking how cute and quirky I am by listening to this. That's not a bad thing, though. It's somewhat nostalgic of a time that's kind of gone now. I like it, though. It's real and it's raw. I love the singer's voice. The bass tone, of course, has me swooning. And I like this a ton because it reminds me so much of what I like about Remo Drive in their Greatest Hits album. Hmm. Lots of broken heart anthems and stage dives in small clubs to be had with this album. And I imagine that someday soon they'll play, I don't know, Coachella or Warp Tour or whatever tours. played Coachella and Lollapalooza last year. Did they? I think so. See, I knew I was on to something. Overall, this album's great. Fuck off! I'm not kidding. Really? Yeah, I'm not kidding. Son of a big bitch. My day's different than it was supposed to. I'm going to cut that. <laughs> Son of a big bitch? That's the best phrase I've heard in all times. <laughs> this album, I'm not I'm not going to lie. And maybe it's just like I had like a lot of coffee like when I was listening to it. So like I was jittery and amped. But like... This album is good. Wow, dude. Okay, I'm really excited now. So before you go into it track by track, I assume that you're doing that. But either way. Yeah, but it's going to be really short. Okay, well, I just want to let you know something. So I listened to this band again when they were opening for Remo Drive. And the the songs before this that they released are okay. They're pretty rough quality. A lot of parts falling off time completely. I would probably like it is what you're saying. It's good. It's really, really good. They were really, really nice songs. And then this is just a little more of a polished version where they probably had a click track. And it gives me that same kind of. (laughs) They can afford that now. It gives me that same kind of nostalgic vibe that you're talking about. But so does the Remo Drive album, which I think is what draws me to it. And I just i don't know what it is but i really enjoy this band and they were right on the edge of breaking out we'll say as 2020 hit and that didn't happen appropriately for them and i'm sad right i wish them the best i mean honestly i think that this album is maybe a hidden gem i'll call it that i'll call it that okay so 
as as you may have uh you know not necessarily put them in your top three because we did false ones mm. um <laughs> i changed it this is actually my third okay well, i think i go. think that's in the episode in the last one you guys can write in correct me if i'm wrong but opposed to yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna call in yeah. <laughs> okay, as opposed to like alfredo glass animals and rtj i did put this one before it okay i uh i don't know what it is but this was just like this hit me at, in such a like <sighs> so the album is clearly about just heartbreak yep and then it kind of comes to a close at the end and I'll touch on that. Um, I honestly, I don't have much notes wise, and I know this is going to be less expansive than Ultramano, and I think that that kind of maybe does it a disservice. Maybe you can switch all these around. It, do the editing magic? No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. That's going to be a nightmare. Um, but let's uh, let's go. Let's, let's go it. track by track, baby. So promises. Mm-hmm. Seemingly a song about a past relationship. Um, I do love the happy, bouncing kind of beat to it. Like again, the the bass tones and just the kind of kind of chunky guitars where you don't necessarily have all the pedals in the world. You just have like one. You got what you and got, and you make you it got. okay. Yep, and you got these sloshy hi hats that just kind of they just go, but they're not. You know, it's not the tightest drumming in the world, but it's so it's so necessary for this music. Hey, can I give you a fun fact while we're recapping on this album? The you drummer mean. of this band is a left-handed drummer who plays on a right-handed kit. So when he's washing on a ride, he's cross-armed. And when he's on the hi-hat, he's straight-armed. Isn't that fucking weird? That's yeah. And, I mean, you could just you could just rearrange That's shit, what my, I was thinking, guy. but uh <laughs> super weird, but he's great at it, so Sure. And you know what? I've seen weirder things with drumming, so no con- no no uh no judgment. No. Um promises though, bouncy beat, love it. It's as soon as I put this on, I was like, Okay, I get what I'm in for and I I'm here for it. Um Cuffing season. I oh sorry. Did you have anything to say? No, you keep going, sir, I'll interject. Okay. Cuffing season, I I love the lyrical picture that the vocalist paints. Mm-hmm. I, there's the there was a few lines where I was like, oh, I I like that a lot. Like, and seemingly the song is about like fear of commitment, maybe to yeah. a relationship. Yep. And um, it's uh, it it makes sense. And again, honestly, I think this whole honeymoon as the like central theme. It makes sense because it's kind of like, again, as I said at the beginning, it kind of takes you on this journey and eventually you get to this point of like somewhat of a resolve. Uh, we'll see. Um, but Cuffing Season, I really, I just love lyrically the picture that was being painted. I loved it. I also have an ending statement that's going to kind of wrap up musically what I, I feel about this album too. So April mm-hmm. is the next song, I think. Yep, April. Okay. It has a nice swing vibe to it. Very relaxed. Very good. Um, another relationship song, like, you know, 
I believe the opening lyrics are something like April's showers, uh, but you, what what are the opening lyrics? I, I don't want to get them wrong. <laughs> yeah, the the opening lyrics, I I just liked it a lot. It's just, it's sad, but it's kind of like, it's cutesy enough. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's hard to like describe, but it's like it che- says April- it's like cheeky sadness. I don't yeah, know how else to describe it. Kind of, yeah. It says, April showers, rain starts falling. I wish that you'd pick up when you know that I'm calling. I don't know what it was, but, like, the the lyrics of that just kind of, like, captured me. And I just kind of, you know, and then there's, like, allusion to, like, maybe the the April showers are, like, maybe tears. Because they're talking about, like, sick of counting tears and, like, stuff in the lyrics. And I don't know. And it's... It's very, it's very angsty teen sort mm-hmm. of like, <laughs> like, you know, this would be on Nick and Nora's infinite playlist. You know what I mean? I wrote down one note for the song and it says hipsters playing music in a bowling alley, a really well lit bowling alley. That's the vibe <laughs> that I got. And I don't mean any of that in a negative way. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Um, That's all I had for that one, though. Rear view. I love the simplicity of this one with mm-hmm. just like the guitar uh, for the two thirds of the track. And then it has this built intensity with just the guitar, but then drops off suddenly has this bass build that kind of builds pretty quickly. And then the last 30 seconds of the song is just all out full band crashing out just and just like ending with a bang, bang just a banger of a song. <laughs> love it i love it yeah uh miss miss california Mm -hmm. i'm sure this was maybe one of the lead singles off the album yes it was it's not that i don't think it's a good track like i i I think it's a good track but i can see that this was a single and for that fact i'm like i think that there was stronger tracks though like i yeah for me, i agree i think you know that I, mean? I think that the verse on this song with the with the driving toms was very 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 strong but i think the chorus felt lackluster because it is that catchy radio attention chorus yep that i'm personally not a fan of compared to the rest of the album right me too that's that's what kind of what i wrote i was like i get it but also i'm like i I think that there's better songs, but I could tell yeah. that this was a radio hit. Was, you know yeah. what I mean? Or at least written for radio. Mm-hmm. Colorblind. I love the groove on this track with the bass and drums. Just they're totally like in sync, locked together. And I just, I just love the groove that they bring. And again, uh, lyrically, I'm not saying much because again most of these tracks are just about relationships whether broken or failing or falling apart that's kind of the whole vibe of this this album uh i wanted to say too that this has those you're not gonna like this this has those hippocampus twinkling guitars that aren't necessarily part of the song but twinkle in over the song and i love that shit (laughs) yep it definitely definitely has has that little twinklies which are tasty in this sense mm-hmm. hippocampus and eh, whatever we're not <laughs> what gonna talk about that ever, dude. um <laughs> racetrack 
cool little keyboard interlude, I guess. It's just, uh, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I don't dislike it. I just was kind of like, you only have what nine tracks yeah. on this album. And then this is one of them. I, I think that it kind of breaks it up a little bit nice because you do kind of get this samey sort of laid back sort of groovy vibe sort of uh almost like chill emo sort of like tracks like uh, with with the instrumentals and stuff like that um and this kind of breaks it up nicely i just kind of was like eh, i could just i could have just gone with you keeping up yeah. another like track. I think the song is know. beautiful. I think that it's an album ender. It is beautiful. I think it's an album ender though. Certainly. Yep. So for that I, I was I there. was confused, but I think it's a it's a great song. And the tone that they got for the keyboard is fucking nice. And also, yes. I just want to reiterate one more time. The singer has such a beautiful voice. It's so good. Love it. It's so good. Love it. And that that track is all about like oh, I'm always finishing last or mm-hmm. second or whatever you know it's like that that sort of tale as old as time, uh, sort of thing. Yep. Uh, Dream Boy is next. Cutesy little track about a crush. You know, it's like we're starting to see the the kind of light at the end of this dark relationship tunnel that we've been <laughs> trailing through for miles, <laughs> um, and then. Uh, we end up on cloud nine and then this leads into an end with a positive note i feel like Mm -hmm. almost like this whole album was like this kind of downer of like maybe past broken hearts or past relationships that didn't end up panning out and then this is like maybe the that kind of silver lining or like you're on that sort of cloud nine as it were where you maybe find that special someone and i don't know if that's exactly what the lyrics were about but that's kind of what i got maybe there was a dark twist to it that i missed but (laughs) because the whole album had kind of that um darker relationship vibe but i have kind of closing thoughts after my second listen i i said all in all very happy upbeat simplistic drum beats guitar parts bass grooves however they meshed really well together i dig that a lot no song overstays their welcome and you just kind of blaze through these tracks really fast and you just don't even realize you're at the end until you're at the end Uh, even though all these beats feel simplistic they don't ever really necessarily feel stale or Mm samey I dig that a ton because I, I I'll just have to keep giving this a listen. It's very infectious like that, and it just kind of feels like a sunny summer day soundtrack. Even though the tracks are a lot about gloomy breakups, um, it just ends on such a positive note that you know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. So positive giddy note at the end about someone that's special to you, and obviously that's uh, Josh for me. So. Um, I have. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one that makes me feel giddy. Got it. Um, got anyways, it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got uh, we got Beach Bunny, Honeymoon. We got Idols, Ultramano. Did you guys listen to it? Them? What'd you think of them? Did you like them? Did you like us? <laughs> Do you listen to this? Did you, have you make it this far? far? <laughs> Why? <laughs> 
yeah, call in, dude. That's what Mitch and I always say. Call in. Say call in. <laughs> I always yeah. say write in. Neither of those make sense. Nobody's calling call in, in and nobody's dude. writing in. Yeah, no one does those things anymore. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you know what the deal is. Uh, we're out there. You can find us. Bad bandmates on every platform ever. Uh, Except for Parlor. Yeah, we're not on there. Never will be. No, I don't intend to. That's it. 2020 is over. This is it. This is the end of it. This is the pinnacle. Mm -hmm. We are the pinnacle. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) A little fucking cocky. Well, we're the best, so. (laughs) Okay, thanks. Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) 